You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Megan Turner. For those of you who don't know, Eddie and I are not married. Although, although, don't say it like that, Eddie. Eddie and I are not married. No! Um, we're not married, although we've been married a lot on stage and in dramas. We've broken up. We've had some traumatic breakups on stage and dramas, but um, we're not married. But one of my favorite dramas that I have ever done and really pulled one over on Eddie was a Christmas drama. And um, I, was, I was playing the part of a pregnant person, but I actually happened to really be pregnant. And um, he was on a ladder in the drama, like putting up Christmas lights. And so I was sitting down. And I jumped up and knocked over my water, and I was like, my water broke. I'm having a baby right now. I'm having a baby. And I, for like a split second, he looked at me like, like, really? Or like, you're trying to get me? Like, really? Are you trying to get me? It was, it was <clears throat> one of my moments. He still has yet to, he had to get me back that good. Um, Wednesday night, Luke and I spoke in Fuel, and we were talking, which is our youth ministry, and we were talking about dating. We've been married for like 17 years. We haven't dated for a long time, but they still let us come talk about dating. Um, And so we were there, and they played this game called Romance versus Baromance. And it was really fun because you had two guy friends and then some couples, and you got to see who knew each other better. And it was close. It was close. Like, I realized when you have a really good friend, they really can know you inside out. Like one of the questions that they answered that the couples didn't get right, then I had to later go home and ask Luke, like how, I, how well do you know me? Do I know you? So I was like, babe, if, if I were going to go on an island or you were going to go on an island forever and you could only take three things, what would it be? Because one of the couples, he had put, well, she'd take her Bible. And she didn't put that. She put French fries. <laughs> And, and, but she put Chick-fil-A french fries, so she said they were like God's french fries, so they were holy french fries, so made up for it. So, um, anyway, so I asked Luke, and his first answer, number one, he said, was the first thing I take is you. And I was like, wow, babe, that's, I don't even care what two and three are. We can leave them behind. Um. But it's, uh, today I would keep talking about relationships because it is important when somebody knows you and they really know you. And so I really have one main takeaway for you today. And my main takeaway is that you need people and people need you. And that is a reality. And I would like, I would like to develop that a little bit more. Um, originally, if you think about God creating Adam, before he did so, he created the sun and the moon and the stars and the ocean and the all of the amazing animals that fly in the sky and swim in the ocean and run on the land. And it's just magnificent what he created, right? And so he looks at all of his creation and he's like, this is good. This, this what I've done is really, really good. And then he makes Adam and he breathes his breath into Adam and there is Adam and all of his glory and he is good. So that we've got God's creation, and we've got Adam, and now they, the reason Adam's created is because God wants to connect with me. He wants to, something to love and to love him back with a choice. So now you've got that. And yet still with all of that, all of creation and everything that he made, he still looks at Adam and he's like, mm, mm, I'm good and 
animals are good and the water and all this. And he's still, still not good for man to be alone. Now, I don't know if God thought, man, that brother is never going to be able to find his own parking spot. He's never going to be able to put the toilet seat down. He's never going to remember to find anything, how to be able to find anything in the refrigerator. So I, he needs somebody else. I don't know what the, the whole reason behind it is. But to me, that says whenever I read that scripture, that for all of us, not just man, but mankind, that the relationship with God, which is number one, but that alone is not just what God designed us for. But he also designed us for connectedness and relationships with each other. And the reason that he did that is because more than anything else, we are shaped by other people. More than anything else, people shape us. They, um, we need people that can see the best in us when we can't see it. We need people that can help us make sure we're growing on a path towards our clear goals when we lose sight of our goals, when we don't feel like we're good enough. Um, that they can encourage us, but yet they can also get in our face when it's time. You know, do you have somebody that can get in your face and be like, you are so off. You are way off. Um, by the way, a huge announcement for Cathedral Academy. Um, the girls this week, we went to state, the girls and guys, girls won runner-up for state, and our boys won the FISA 1A state national championship. And that's a huge deal. Blake, Blake is here. Blake, stand up really quick. Blake is, is right there. Blake is our coach. Yeah. Um, and I, I've had so much fun at the basketball games. It has been, but specifically this week has just been some very intense basketball. And Thursday night we were in Columbia, and where we were seated, seated in the gym, Blake and the team are on the other side of the gym down. So like they're way down there, we're way over here. And I, we're on the second row up, second bleach up, and there is a guy sitting on the front row in front of us. Now he is not a parent of anybody on the team. He is not a coach of the team. Like all of them are over there. But y'all, the way this guy cheered on these players was the most intense thing I have ever seen in my life. I mean, you've seen people at sports games, right? This guy was his own level. And I promise you, every single time the team came down there, the life he spoke into them. I mean, he was like, listen to me, listen to me. You, you right there, you number 11, you were made for this moment. This quarter, this quarter, you were called to this quarter. This defense, this is your defense. It was made, you hear me? You, you know, you're going to go back down there and we're going to score. I mean, it was like, I mean, the things that were, I don't know if you knew that, Blake, but he helped you win that game. <laughs> like, I, and then I told Luke, I was like, I would really like to ask that guy what he's doing on Sunday morning at 11 because I would like a hype man like that sitting in the front row when I'm speaking. I mean, the, the, and, I, and every time, and when the team would get down, like when something would happen and the score, and they would come back down and visit, and, and he required eye contact. That's a lot. And a gym full of people with an intense game to require the players to look you in the eye when you're not the coach. I mean, he, look at me, look at me. Um, so, but, I, but the truth is, I mean, he, that is, he, we are shaped by people. We need people in our lives doing exactly what that guy was doing. And I don't know who he is, Blake, but I'd love for him to come to service. When I'm speaking, he can sit right here on the, the front row. 
Um, but so, so more than anything else, we're shaped by people. And a body is nourished by food, and so is the soul nourished by people. Your soul is fed by the people that you have in your life. And so uh, recently, I don't, uh, I don't know if this is just me, but around every January, I get like a new eat, healthy eating plan. You know, you're like, it's that time of the year, and so make all the necessary changes. So I found this new healthy eating plan diet that I was going to do. It's kind of like the Crave diet. And then once I started reading, I was like, well, why wait till the new year? What if I just went ahead and tried it in, like, November? So Luke was like, um, so you, you really feel like it's necessary to buy an, another? Um, and I was like, babe, yes, this is going to be the one. This is the one that I'm going to be able to stick to. It's going to make cooking easy. It's going to make my grocery list easy. This is the one. So I buy the whole plan. And, um, I, and so I start doing it. Well, about three weeks later, my energy level is through the roof. I mean, y'all, I am not an organized person. I don't really enjoy to clean very much. Like all of those things are the, the, my have tos. They're not my want tos. Does that make sense? I cleaned out my entire kitchen. I mean, every single cabinet, every drawer, every junk drawer, all of the girls' closets, our bedside tables, our bathroom. I'm like, everything has a basket. Everything has a home. Like, it's like, I'm like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, what am I going to clean today? Like, what needs to be organized? And Luke is like, what, what happened to you? And so my mom and my sister and my friends, they start asking me. And I'm like, I really think it's this new diet, this new eating plan. This new eating plan has changed my life. It's changed my life. Well, so, of course, my mom and my sister and friends, they're like, well, I've, I've got to get this eating. Like, I'm going to buy it. I'm going I'm to buy it. I'm like, you've got to buy it. You've got to buy it. That conversation happens about four or five times, and my mom and dad leave one day, and Luke goes, um, babe, um, you, you don't do that diet. <laughs> like, you're selling everybody on that diet, but you don't. You don't. You don't do that diet. I'm like, yes, I do. I do that diet. He's like, no, you don't. You don't do anything the diet says except you just, you just eat healthy food. And that's not like anything that you buy or somebody needs to tell you or a program. Like, you just started eating some more fruits and vegetables and lean protein. He's like, that's really basic. Like, that's real basic. He's like, you don't eat it like well, the way they see it, to eat one carb and one protein and one fat all at one time and in this hour. And this. He's like, you... You're not doing the diet. You, you're just eating healthy. So I had the realization. I had to go back and tell everybody. I was like, I'm, I'm actually not doing it. I just. Um, but I really thought that's what. But I, I realized how drastically I was changed when I started putting it that intentionally, just living food inside my body. It changed how I felt. It truly changed how I felt. And so just as drastic to our soul is the people that you have around you that are going to be feeding your soul. They will give you more energy, more life, more desire to want to do things, the, the courage to accomplish things. They'll challenge you to want to be a better version of yourself because just like food is to our body, people are to our soul. Um, and if you, if you look, this really goes all the way back to um, the establishment of family. God created this mom and dad and children in this love thing of belongingness and being connected, being a part. Um, 
so that you experience this sense of belonging and you grow up until it's rooted deep on the inside of you. And then when you grow up and you leave, now it's not even a matter of proximity, but it's something that's deep down on the inside of me. So whether I'm here and my parents are in Detroit or across the world, something is established in me um, that I belong, I'm connected, I'm a, par I'm, I'm a part of that. They have fed me. Um, but it's when, you, it's when you serve, it's when you give, it's when you give of yourself to open up. And it sounds like a crazy concept, and I can't imagine that whenever God thought of that, that it really made sense to many other people around. Um, I can imagine it would sound something like this. Like, I want to show you what the look, what the talk kind of sounded like. Eddie, so can, Eddie, can you come help me? Eddie, I want you to play God, okay? Uh, I love doing that. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and I'll play, I'll play the angels. An okay. Angel. All right, and I want you to show our friends what it must have been like when God had the concept of, of like kids and family. Okay? All right, angels, angels, on, wait, gather around, gather around. Let me help you. Right? Yeah, I've got a great new idea that oh, I'd like to yes, share with you. Love yes, new ideas. Love I am going to create family. <sighs> family. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Well, it's this really cool concept. Okay. These. Okay. Older, grown-up people are going to sign up to take care of these little, teeny, tiny, helpless people. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's great. Now, how much will we pay these, these grown-ups? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're not going to pay them. Not only are we not going to pay them, like, it's going to cost them a lot of money. Okay. So they're going to actually have to pay a lot of money to take care of them and to kind of spice things up a little bit. These little, tiny, helpless people, they can't communicate. Okay. Yeah, they can't okay. talk. So they're just going to like scream and yell. And then the bigger people are going to have to try to figure out why and what's going on. And it's going to be a lot of sleepless nights, 24-7 care. Like, I mean, 100% the, the little person totally dependent on the bigger person with zero communication. Lots of sleepless nights. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if this is going to work. Oh, but, it, but it, it gets better. They do learn how to communicate. So I'm figuring somewhere around age two, then they start saying mine and no. And then just kind of, to, again, to kind of add a little kick in there, they just kind of fall on the floor and flop around like a fish, kicking in there. And again, the bigger people are like, I don't know why. I, 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 they don't know what's going on. Zero clue. But it's a lot of action. A lot of action okay. happening right there. Okay. And then this is the creme de la creme. So I haven't totally made up my mind, but I'm thinking this is the word. Puberty. Yeah. A little bit more involved because now we've got to get hormones involved. You know, you've got to do a little tweaking and all that. But when that kicks in... We got pimples, we got crackling voices, complete limbic system meltdown. It's okay. going to be great. It's going to be so good. But, but, it, but, but it doesn't just stay there because they'll grow out of that eventually. And then they become mature, responsible, beautiful people that are able to finally begin contributing to the duties of the household. Okay. And then they leave. And then they leave. Yep. <laughs> yeah. oh, what man. do you think? God, I don't know if you're going to be able to get people to sign up for this. Like... How are you going to ask them? Like, what, how, how are you going to get them to do that? Well, here's the beauty of it. They're not going to know why they're doing it. <laughs> they're going to look at this little tiny person and think that that is the most beautiful, most amazing tiny person they've even seen. Even though they all pretty much look like little baby Winston Churchills. <laughs> they're going to think that theirs is just the most beautiful ever, and then when that little tiny person smiles at them, game over, drop the mic, walk away, done. They're just, they're just hooked. 
They're just in there. And, and you know, these older people are going to be trying to figure out what in the world's going on, and then they're going to start speaking. But the first words, before mine and no, comes dada and mama. Dada first, because, you know, dads are, like, very noble and self-sacrificing, so, so dada first. But, but moms are good, too. So dada happens, and then here's where it really gets them. One day, they take those little hands at the end of those little arms, and they reach out, and they wrap them around their neck, and they hug them. And for the first time, these older people are going to realize that's why the hands and arms were created in the first place. See, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. This is all about grace, right? Because now these little tiny people come to understand that they are cherished and loved and the most amazing thing ever before they could ever do anything to get that. And the older people get that, hey, when you give, you receive. And the more that you give, the more that you receive. And right when the moment is just right, I'll say to them, human race, I am your heavenly father and you are my son and you are my daughter and they'll get it and they will be undone undone good job Eddie it really is true he created this family to be the core of a picture of what it looks like when you give and when you serve and love is so grounded that that's something that you belong to, that no matter what happens outside of that, you're rooted in that kind of a love. And so then he tells us as a church, now I want you in the church, I want you to become a family, a body where you have sisters and brothers. And now that same thing that I showed you that happens with a family now happens inside of the church. Um, Hebrews says this in verse 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, coming here together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his drawing is ne- drawing, returning is drawing near. So my, my, what happens in my family is also supposed to happen now with this, with you as my family. But how am I as a body supposed to my mic just go out there, it's back. How is my, am I supposed to do that if I don't know you? So if you're not leveling up on your relationships and your level of connectedness and you're just surface level places, then there's not somebody that knows you enough to be able to figure out how to love you and how to encourage you. How, how do I know what you need if there's not a, re, a depth of relationship there? And so what happens is when we serve as a body, we all become part of a body. And now where we serve, we get to know each other at a different level. In Ephesians, <clears throat> Paul is talking to them and he's painting a picture of, of what the church should look like and what it should be like. And he says this. He talks about us being rooted and established in love. Now, if you think about it, a tree or a plant, whatever it is rooted in, That soil, the nutrition in that soil is what that tree is going to absorb, and it's what it's going to become. And so Paul's saying you need to make sure, as a church, you need to make sure that you are rooted in God's love in a place where that is what you're drinking from. And so then I ask you, are you rooted somewhere with people in relationships where you are drinking healthy biblical principles that are growing you to become the person that God wants you to become. 
And I, if I could just take a time out for just a second. What I know from doing this long enough is that there's a lot of people that without their choosing were rooted in something that wasn't representative of love. But yet that has been what their roots have been absorbing and it's what they have become. It's what they have taken on. So before I go any further and keep talking about this, I just want to say this right now, that in Jesus' name, if there's anybody in this room, that you were rooted in something that made you feel like you were difficult to love, that that be gone in Jesus' name. You are not hard to love. And if anybody has made you feel less than that, if you're online and you're listening to me, God loves you. And you are easy to love. And that is what he wants you to be, rooted in a place where you feel that. Um, recently, <clears throat> the truth is that's going to happen. Even when you look in Scripture, 1 John, it says this. Don't be surprised when the world hates you. Because look at this. We know that we have crossed over from death to life because we love our fellow Christians. Recently, somebody said to me, there's these people and I thought they liked you, but then I was over with them and they, all they did was talk bad about you, Megan. They don't like you. You think they like you and they talk bad about you the whole time. And here's what I know. I can love them right where they are, right? But I don't need to be rooted there. Does that make sense? So now I just, I'm intentionally and I find my place to be rooted where I know people that aren't doing that about me. And that's what you've got to figure out, is you have to pull yourself up and find yourself rooted at places where people love you. When we do this, so many people have so much on the inside that they have never even known was... You have stuff on the inside of you, and if you're not rooted with the, same, with the right people, you don't even know it's in there to be called out. I mean, do you even know... Do you know that somebody in this part of here knows how to change the oil in a car and did you know that there's a young guy over here who doesn't have a dad and he has no idea how to change the oil in a car and that without being rooted at the right place you don't even know that what might seem simple to you is a, would be a gift and a privilege of a lost relationship with a dad to somebody over here and so once that thing starts to happen and once we become the body of the Christ that the full body that tells stuff like what Romans is talking about so it is with Christ's body that we are many parts and we are one. We all belong to each other. And then Corinthians says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for one another. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. If one part is honored, all of the parts are glad. That's how that picture takes place. And if I could just time out right now and talk to the men in the room. Um, it was interesting after last service that I had more people come talk to me after service um, that were male than they were female, because I think men naturally tend to, to withdraw from this level of relating. And they naturally tend to just busy themselves in work and to find that that's kind of where they feel the most comfortable there, and that's kind of where they get their worth from. But men, you need these relationships for yourself, for your growth. But let me tell you who else needs it. The church needs you. The church needs what you have, that part of us all being a body and we each have hands and feet. This doesn't happen without men. And the world needs more men leveling up in their relationships and their rootedness in Christ and in their church body. Desperately needs that. Um, as I begin to wrap up, I'm going to have Luke come up in a second because we had the privilege, like I said, of speaking to the teens on Wednesday night. <clears throat> and we were talking about dating and 
we, we really challenge them to date differently. And Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. And so we were talking about dating, but I, I wanted to, you gave a really cool analogy to the teens um, that I thought crossed over from just dating relationships to all of our relationships. That if your heart really is that important and that fragile, then are you really guarding yourself? Are you guarding your heart with the relationships that you have the closest? Are they making you become a better, are they calling you into what God has for you? And so tell them that your analogies you used for guarding your heart. Um, so if you think about relationships in a sense that if your heart is something that's able to give away, then you need to be careful about how you guard it, if that makes sense. And so we were talking about dating, but it's true for all relationships. Uh, I want, I'm, I'm a gun lover. I love guns. I want my daughters to feel comfortable with guns, but I'm not just going to put a gun in their hand, right? Because there's, there's a lot of danger that can happen with guns. But if I teach them how to use guns, then they're going to have a lifetime of enjoyment of, of guns and maybe know how to defend themselves one day. But it's a process for them to get there. So if I think about driving a car, just because the state says my daughter can drive at 16 doesn't mean she gets to drive at 16. The girls really love when he says that. I, I don't care when they say you can drive. You drive when I you say you can And you all will appreciate that one day <laughs> when they're not ready to drive, but they're 16. Um, and so there's a process. They've got to prove to me that they're responsible because so much damage can happen. And I think the same is true with our hearts. When the Bible says, guard your hearts, that's kind of one of those verses that sometimes you don't give the weight to. But the truth is, you've got to guard your heart. And the reason is, is I think he values our heart more than we do sometimes. He values the life flow and what we give to people in relationships. Relationships uh, change our identity. They just change the way we think about each other. They change the way we think about ourselves. And so there's so much to risk if you give your heart to somebody who's not capable of handling it. I wouldn't go to a mechanic for brain surgery, but yet I have the decision to give my heart to people that I'm not sure they know how to handle it. And in dating, I want my daughters to give their heart to people that know how to handle it. And in relationships, I want to teach them. It's a process. You're going to need people, and people are going to need you. And I'm going to show you along the way how much you give, when you give, what this person looks like health-wise, what they look like unhealth-wise, and I want you to start learning how much to give and who to give it to and where to root yourself because otherwise it can be a damaging thing. But if it's done right, it can be a great thing. I remember whenever um, there was a, a season of time whenever Luke had just given his heart to the Lord, and <clears throat> it wasn't a time of, of like trading out his old friends. That wasn't what it was, but it was a time of really recognizing that I need to guard my heart because if, if this is true, everything flows out of my heart. And I need to have friends in my life that are sharpening me. You know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And so I need those men in my life. And that season when he stepped out and was trying to find those people was a very lonely season for you, trying to, to find that. And it was a neat journey whenever we were working on this message. And you just made the comment to me, um, we're, we are about to do a song that's one of your favorite songs. Yeah. And what I think is neat is it's a, his favorite song about friendship, that they are friendships that God gave him through connectedness here. It is what God, the serving, and he said, you know, I want to become the kind of man, I want my friends to be 
I want to become like them and them want to be become like me. And my friends, he said, when I look around on a Sunday morning, every one of my friends that I know are sharpening me, they'll be serving there tomorrow. One of my best friends will be running guest services. One will be in the light booth. One will be in the drum cage. One's going to sing the song that I want to do it. One's going to be sitting on the front row that is the other one that speaks with us. So those are the kind of men that I want to do life with. And I didn't have that. And now I have something that's guarding my heart so that I become the man that I want to be, that God's called me to be. Um, and then I protect my heart. I guard it because everything flows up out of that. Well, yeah, and that, and that journey was really tough because when I was coming into the church, I did, it, it really is when you realize even though you love your friends, they're sending you to a place that you probably don't want to go. Um, that is a totally lonely journey until you find the right friends. And when I came into the church, just being honest with you, I didn't think men in the church looked very fun. And, and I was like, they don't like what I like, and I don't want to sit and have communion and hover around and pray over myself all day. It's just not something I'm looking forward to. So I didn't have hope that I could find the men that I wanted, uh, but I, I dove in and I did, and I have the best relationships in the world. And the truth is, I had, if I didn't, there is, a, there is a weird thing about men that every man in here probably realizes. If I drift, I will drift by myself on my couch. And I will isolate myself, and I will justify my isolation, and I will be the most boring person in the world. Same thing with my relationship with my wife. If I don't go nurture and feed that and take her on dates, this will be nothing. And the same thing is true with my friendships. i got to go get around my guys. I've got to go do something fun. My kids are going to get their time. But I've got to have stuff that gives me life and sends me and gives me vision towards where I'm going. And friendships are one of the best ways to do that. Yep, yep. So, um, so here's, this is one of your favorite songs, but it's such a good representation of when life, when you have friends that God gave you, what it can look like. Yeah. Yep. All right, y'all enjoy you know, Megan and I talk about this all the time, um, and guys have this thing that we always want to know what we're supposed to do, what's our calling. We, we get on board with God, and we're like, but, but what are we supposed to do? We're all about doing. And the funny thing we always talk about is that guys underestimate their voice, and that the number one gift I think that any guy can handle is encouragement. And have you ever noticed how guys in here, I know I struggle with this all the time, but I had words in my head of encouragement that I could never get out. And it started with Meg. I realized I wanted to tell her she was beautiful and I didn't tell her. I don't know why, I'm just, I'm a guy. <laughs> I isolate and get quiet, I don't know why. But I realized as I started telling her, I realized how much my voice meant to her and when I encouraged her. And I think that's a big thing that guys need to learn is we've gotta have friendships. But we've got to learn to encourage others. What we do for ourselves, we need for others need. I had a guy the other night at the basketball game, a young guy here in the church. And he was telling me that one of the hard things about being a fuel leader is that it's so much pressure to be a father figure. And that was tough on him. And where I'm standing, I'm like, there's no bigger compliment that somebody could say is that you're a father figure. And so it's my job realizing that I've got to train him on how to be a father figure. I've got to train him to understand that is a compliment and that is something he can do. 
regardless of his past, he comes and sits right here and he learns this journey and he takes this journey with us. We're going to teach him how to be a father figure to other people. And then we're going to teach him how to be a father figure to his own kids. And that's how the journey happens. But you've got to be willing to get rooted and have the people around you that see the greatness in you. And then we've got to be strong enough as men to call it out in other people. So the whole vision, the whole overall vision, I think, that God had is to create a family to give us the picture of love and connectedness. And then he gave us the church to make a bigger family where we have love, we have connectedness, and we're rooted, and we're serving. We find our purpose. And then through that serving is where we begin to help other people, and other people help us. And so I would just like to encourage all of us to just level up. Level up in this day and age. The world needs us. As that happens, and as all of us begin to do that more, here's what will happen. People will walk through the doors that don't know their father. And as they encounter us, we get to be a mirror image of his love. Because here's what people need to know. They need our love because they need it. Not because they deserve it. Just because they're worth it. And we get the privilege when we level up to give that message to those people. So stand up. Let me bless you. I bless you guys this week. I bless you with all leveling up in your relationships with each other and spouses, with your friendships. I pray that you find the toxic relationships in your life that are not sharpening you. And I pray that you pull the root up out of there and just, just don't give it a place to feed you. Don't let that, don't continue to put your roots somewhere that doesn't feed you where God wants you to go. I bless you with people. I bless you with eyes to see people that will call out your exact purpose, that they will encourage you, that they will sharpen you to become who God's called you to be. And may the Lord keep you. May the Lord bless you, cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. I bless you as you go and level up your relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.